truth, love, and the good. Here we go. Welcome to the ZTPHD podcast. I'm your host, David Tien. And for the past 10 years, actually almost 12 years, I've been um, helping hundreds of thousands of people in over 87 countries attain success, happiness, and fulfillment in life and love. I'm joined by my guest here, Henry Chong. Yes. Henry. Hi, uh, I'm Henry Chong. Uh, I'm the CEO of the Futon Group, and we help look after the assets and affairs of families of substantive wealth. And when I'm not doing that and making investments, uh, I read widely and look at things like life, love, and the universe, and <laughs> talk to people like David Tien about all of it, which yes. is why we're here today. So exciting! So um, we're here in Singapore uh, for the first, well, the second time we've uh, done, done podcast here in Singapore in the same room. Yes, and we're using one mic and one video camera, and uh, th- we're shooting this, recording this right after the previous one. We're supposed to go to dinner, but we just were on a roll, so we'll just <laughs> put out another one. So today, um, or in this podcast, I wanted to talk about the Android approach to life and learning, mm-hmm. which is um, so. What I do is, uh, broadly speaking, helping people with their lives. And um, it, for many, many years, it was um, focusing on dating. And, um, but it's been much, much broader now. So helping people discover their life purpose, discover their true selves, um, and finding freedom in life, freedom psychologically, and so on. Freedom emotionally. And so we were talking about principles in the last podcast. One of the principles I was trying to figure out was what was underlying all of the difficulties people have in achieving success in all of these different areas because it felt like it was the same difficulty yeah. and it felt like there was a cultural difficulty with it so it wasn't just i didn't it wasn't just the people who came to me asking for help they were actually far ahead because they actually knew that they needed help and that they were actively looking for it yeah. many people in the world were much worse they sucked at these areas and they, and they didn't see that there was a way to improve in those yeah. areas so anyway i was asking myself across the board like what's wrong with what, what, what is causing the difficulty in not knowing your life purpose, not discovering your true self? And it was very easy because I just asked myself, what was the mistake that I made early on, earlier on in my life? And what, were the, what was the main turning point that got me to the success now that people are asking me to help them? Yeah. And one of the most important, well, maybe the, the, key, the key turning point was the understanding of, well, the appreciation and the under, understanding the depth of what an emotion really is. So I grew up with the Android approach to learning. And I'll give you an example of why I call it the Android approach. Because I was looking, I was looking for a good way to encapsulate this point. The Android approach. I used to call it robot, but robot sounds like Android is better. Here's why. Here's an example. Um, Star Trek. Yeah. So the very first Star Trek with, with <laughs> Kirk and, and uh, Spock. Um, Spock was the ultimate, like he was like a superhuman being in a way, right? Yeah. Like he, he had uh, superhuman strength, where he, he had strength that was far beyond the average human. Um, and he was, uh, most of all, he was, most, he was the most rational because he could suppress his emotions. And that was the pride um, of, a, that was the, the mark of a Vulcan, that they could suppress their emotions so strongly. And that made them ultra, ultra rational. Whereas, uh, what's his name, Captain Kirk was a mess. You know, he was drunk sometimes and all, you know, all this other stuff. And in the new, so most guys in the 20s haven't watched the earlier TV series. They've just seen the movies, the, the, the new movies that came out in the past five years or so. And those movies actually depict Spock, the relationship between Spock and Kirk differently from the TV series. When the TV series first came out in the 70s and 80s, it, it made it seem as if Spock was the ultimate being. Yeah. Whereas now we like because 
and I'll show you why things have changed. But now we want to we we see that as a limitation. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it hasn't that lesson hasn't taken hold yet in popular consciousness. But anyway, so there's that first Star Trek where Spock and the Vulcans, and then you fast forward to Star Trek the new the new the next generation. This is like 80s and 90s, and this is where we have Commander Data. Commander Data was an android, yeah. and he was far superior to any Vulcan because he was actually he didn't have to suppress emotions. Yeah. He literally didn't have any. <laughs> he was AI, and he was super strong and all this, right? So um, he was yeah. like he's the ultimate warrior, ultimate soldier, and the ultimate scientist, and the ultimate everything. And through the whole seven seasons, uh, of which I've watched every episode, sometimes and multiple times. Uh, he was looking for the emotion chip because he had this creator and the creator died before he could <laughs> insert the emotion chip into his yeah. finger. And then finally, in, in one of the movies, he finds the emotion chip and he's, his whole life comes full circle and he's finally a whole human being now. But all of his life is sort of like, um, uh, what is, not Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's um, the Dorothy man. and the Tin, the tin man, man, right, looking yes. for the heart. So same thing. So And that was a theme that they, they put out in there in the season one, episode one. So you have now come full circle between modernism and postmodernism, yeah. where postmodernism is telling you emotions are really important and everything's subjective and all of that. And I think they went way too far on that. But there's an important element, uh, important lesson that came out of that, which is that we're, we actually are emotional beings. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you approach life with, as if you could just suppress their emotion and they just go away, yeah. um, you're going to have a very unfulfilling life. But most people in the world, most men especially, are still approaching their lives and themselves as if they were trying to perfect, trying to become androids. Mm -hmm. So the school system teaches you how to be an android. It teaches you basically uh, to do math and science and read and write. And they do not teach you about your emotions. And this, the school curriculum was devised that, that we're using now, basically the, the method of teaching in the early 1900s. You sit there in a class and the teacher is a lot of rote learning. And, and then you, you take that all the way through to university. And in university, you're not taught how to cry. You're not taught like how to explore your emotions. You're taught instead emotions get in the way and you should be ultra rational. What happens instead though, is that we suck as Vulcans. Yeah. Like basically we're, we're trying, to, trying to be Vulcans, but we suck at it. So we suppress all these emotions. Then they come bubbling they're, Well, they're always like bubbling underneath. And then they'll come out in ways that are uncontrolled and in ways that we're not even aware of. And they, they color a lot of our thinking. Yeah. because we don't understand them. So, the, so that's the Android approach to life. And that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. That people don't understand that they're driven by emotion and by automatic unconscious processes that they're not aware of. And they think instead that they're actually, they treat themselves and their interaction with life as if they were, they were um, Vulcans trying to become androids. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's take it a step back. So let me ask you, what is rationality? Like when, when, when you talk about uh, Spock, yes. right? And you say he's very rational. What does that mean? Like what, what, like what is it about him that makes us say he's well, rational? Yes, right. The idea is it's supposed to be a computing device, like a, yeah. a computational process, right? So emotion doesn't get in the way so that you can make that decision whether to, like a, like a utilitarian decision, yes. whether to, yeah. to, send the, to save that one guy or to save the train full yeah. of people. See, that's really interesting because um, there have been a lot of medical studies started, the most famous of, of, most famous of which was uh, Phineas Gage. Yes. He was right. this guy with, a, with an iron spike that went yep. through into a certain portion of his brain, uh, completely functional, right? So he could do math, for example, but he could not make decisions. Why? Because he had no more emotions. And you, I guess in a very basic sense, emotions or effectual you know, aversion, um, that's what tells us, that's what gives us 
purpose in a sense. It, it shows us the things that we want or the things that we don't want. Mm. For you to be rational presupposes that you understand what the outcome you want is, mm -hmm. right? right? So you say Commander Spock understands what the outcome he wants and, and he's a computing machine that can compute how to get there. The problem is that first step of understanding which is the good outcome requires emotion. Mm -hmm. And someone like Phineas Gage, uh, again, very, he couldn't make very simple decisions. If you asked him to solve a math problem, no, no issue. Mm -hmm. If you told him, just make a decision about which restaurant to go to, impossible. Right. You told him, <clears> again, in, in, a, in the, the trolley problem, do I pull the lever or not? Do I save the people or not? He would, impossible to make that decision. He could do the calculation, right. but he could not make a decision because he, he had no effectual you know, tagging, right. I guess, in that right. sense. So, you know, we, I guess the movies in that sense have given us this, this false image that rationality and emotion can be separated, mm -hmm. right? And this stems all the way back to Descartes, right? Yes, right. Ergo sum and mind-body dualism, that the mind and the body are wholly separate, and they're not. Even in a physiological sense, they are intrinsically connected. Um, you know, your heart and your brain have a huge number of neural connections, mm -hmm. right? Literally, almost like having a second brain in your heart. Your gut mm -hmm. has a lot of neural connections as well. Yes. So when you say I have a gut feeling, yeah. that really mm -hmm. is your gut producing things like serotonin. I mean, yeah. you know, it's and we're like just, brains, right? we as in the academic community are really just yeah. on the cusp of understanding that, exactly. how the gut um, interacts with neurology. Exactly. Um, but, so so yeah, you, you literally cannot have a thought without, and we, we understand today that uh, all thought is emotionally mediated. It's almost like a f like a like a filter, almost like a photo filter, right? Where it, it changes what you see. Mm -hmm. You cannot have a thought without having a mediating emotion. You can have an emotion mm -hmm. without having a thought, right? Because not all, th uh, I guess, what we call thoughts right. come from the brain. Right. Your brain stem, right? Your your what you call the peripheral nervous system can also make decisions mm -hmm. independent of your prefrontal cortex yes. being evolved, involved. Yeah. So like. A lot of people are afraid of spiders. And when you see what you think is a spider, your body will react before you even realize that you've seen a spider. That's right. That is your yeah. peripheral nervous system reacting to something. And only later does your prefrontal cortex get involved and say, oh, it was a spider and that's why I jumped. Mm. So you can have reactions. You can have emotions to things without conscious thought, yeah. what we call conscious thought, but you cannot have conscious thought without emotions. Yes. People who for whomever, whatever reason, have no more emotions, find it extremely difficult to make, to just live or to operate. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of ancient philosophers understood this intrinsically. A yes. lot of the Chinese philosophers understood this. Um, a lot of, again, the Buddhists understood this, that mind and body were intrinsically linked, right? Mm -hmm. that, that, that thought yeah. and behavior were the same thing. You yeah. can't separate them. Yeah, yeah. What, there's a great book called Descartes' Error, yeah. um, written by Antonio Damasio. I think everyone should read everything Damasio has, has published. <laughs> um, I recently just got another book, two books um, by Damasio, and yeah. they're on my bookshelf to be read soon. And um, Descartes' Error, well, yeah. Descartes' Error, uh, I think it was published in the 80s, um, really, well, so philosophy really took a bad turn in, yeah. well, a bad turn from my opinion, in my opinion, in the Enlightenment period. Um, so we can trace it back to something around Descartes, but you have that in Locke and Hume and so forth. And so Descartes is famous for thinking of cogito ergo yeah. sum. Um, I think if I am, uh, and then yes. creating a disembodied mind. Yeah. And people actually, so thinkers started to treat themselves as if they were disembodied yeah. minds. And you're right, all of ancient philosophy in, in the East and the West never looked at it that way. We were always this like embodied cognition. Yeah. We're, we're fully, we're, we weren't just, 
like our bodies weren't just conveyor belts for our, yeah. or conveyance machines for our, for our brains. And in the Enlightenment, it didn't go that, it went a different direction. It went into yeah. basically the, and, it created the android approach to life. Or what, maybe a better term is modern, uh, what do you call it, uh, Enlightenment rationalism. Right. And that led all the way through until, that, that was the dominant view all the way through until the 80s and 90s when postmodernism, yeah. postmodernism started to become more prominent. And they, one of the things that postmodernism did was to say, look, you have emotions, you have feelings, yeah. these are important. In fact, they're the things that are driving your decisions. So like you were saying, yeah. if you have no desires, you, don't, you can't even decide between one restaurant and another. Yeah. In fact, all of our goals are driven by our desires. Yeah. So AI is gonna have a problem unless we yes. program desires into it because exactly. it won't care. Yep. Either way, it, it doesn't have any, so it doesn't have any real goals that are intrinsically valuable to it. Exactly. I mean, that, that, that is, so right now we have what we call dumb AI or weak AI. And basically you give it a process and it executes on the process. Right. But it doesn't have, as you say, goals. And obviously a lot of people are working on things like artificial general intelligence or strong AI. Yeah, right. But to do that in a very real sense, we will need to give AI something that looks very similar to emotions. Yeah. Right. It needs to be able mm -hmm. to look at something and say, I like that or I don't like that, right? Mm -hmm. That is good. I feel that again, an affectual, you know, pull towards something. Right. Therefore I should go explore why. Um, yeah. That, that really is the difference between high order thinking and not. Yeah. So in a sense, the Android doesn't even yeah. make sense. Yeah. Right. And so in the sci-fi movies, you have Androids who basically, it's like they, when they say it, like the emotion chip yeah. of Commander Data, it meant that he didn't cry. He didn't feel sad. He couldn't laugh. Yeah. Um, and so this was a very simplistic view of emotion, sure. right? But he had, he was driven by desires, yeah. self-preservation, of, of course, exactly. amongst them, um, but also affection for his crew members and all this. Yeah. And you could say that, like, so the, the idea in Star Trek was that his creator um, programmed those principles into yeah. his operating system. So, but so basically we have to give them the emotions. So yeah. in, if he, if he indeed programmed those principles into his, his, into his operating system, he already had emotions. Yeah. So, exactly. um, and in fact, I think maybe that was the, the end of that movie, like maybe that last yes. movie where he got his emotion ship, he found out he already had it the whole time. Yeah. I can't remember now. Um, but uh, so, but we don't we don't see it that way, right? So uh, we, as in popular consciousness about how we go about learning things. So one thing I see a lot that's very alarming in masculinity issue, like the masculinity industry, teaching men how to be men, because there's a big crisis right now, right? Is to toughen up. So I got this yeah. shirt, man up. <laughs> I have a show called Man Up. Um, it's, it was sort of ironical, but I don't think a lot of people realize that. Maybe it was too deep or something. <laughs> um, you know, like, hey, man up, right? But it was like, we're talking about your emotions yeah. and shit. So, but really, there are some people who are like, just toughen up. Just pick yourself up and dust yourself off and get moving. And yeah. like, fuck your feelings, basically, right? And so I understand where that's coming from. That's how I've lived my whole fucking life, right? Fuck my feelings. Go and do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, like the soldier's mantra, right? The military mantra. But something is really lost there and where let's say you have the feeling is i'm really sad or i'm i, I have um debilitating feelings that don't yeah. allow me to to move forward and, and do the job yeah so if you if the outcome is to do the job then you want to treat your employee who's not doing the job like a fucking android because you're paying yeah. for that so you're saying fuck your feelings kid yeah. go and do that job i'm paying you for um, however if, if you're the employee you want to really stop and ask yeah. yourself why you're having this feeling exactly Yes. What are the need, unmet needs? Is it that you don't feel significant? You have no certainty now or whatever, you know, you just, you actually got to do the psychology because right. otherwise you're just shoving under, under uh, consciousness. Um, these you're repressing, basically yeah. you're suppressing and then it will lead to repression of your feelings. Yeah, and exactly. No, I mean, yeah. you, you, again, you feel emotion for a reason. Your effectively, your brain mm. is trying to tell you something. Right? Yeah. So uh, again, um, um, interesting study that people have done about 
you take two decks of cards, right? And you're supposed to pick um, from the deck that has a higher value. Right? So it's a more high value card. So yeah. they've, they've been uh, stacked. So one deck has all the high value cards and you're supposed to keep pick drawing until you figure out which is the high value deck. Mm. People will have an instinctual reaction to the high value deck before they can consciously point mm. to it. They, you can measure a galvanic stress response to the low value deck before they will say, that's a bad deck. Something in their physiology will go, I don't like that. Wow. Even before you can consciously compute it. So it, it, all, all of these... You know, a deck of cards. Exactly, right? So physiological feelings, emotions, mm. your, your body, your brain, again, and those are quite frankly the same thing. It's trying to tell you something, right? Mm. If you are afraid, why? There must be a reason. And again, mm. you know, Buddha said that, you know, don't try to ignore your emotions, examine why you're having them. Yes. Now, having examined why you're having them, you may decide, well, okay, I, I'm feeling fear for this reason, mm. right? For example, as, you know, hunger, right? The, the desire to eat three times a day is programmed in us for self-preservation. But in today's world, most of us don't really need to worry about getting enough food to eat. Right. You aren't actually going to starve if you don't eat every, even if you don't eat every single day. So sometimes you want to look at the emotion and say, okay, well, I'm feeling this and I have decided that I want to feel the fear and do it anyway. Or mm -hmm. I want to push through. And then I think the second thing that's very important to remember is that just as thoughts are emotionally mediated, emotions are physically mediated, mm -hmm. right? So yes. you, you know, a lot of people, we'll talk about ego in our previous podcast, a lot of people say, I am depressed. It is my identity. I am mm -hmm. a depressed person. Right. When the truth is most of the time you do depressed, right? You are physically yeah. in a state of body that is depressed, just like you can do happy. Right. Mm -hmm. We listen to, you know, you listen to a happy song and you feel happy. Mm -hmm. And in some regards, it is as simple as that, right? And obviously there are lots of other things involved, but you know, the way you speak, the way you move has a big impact on the way you feel. Yeah. And I think that's a very important second step that people forget that you can control your emotions mm -hmm. through very physical means. Yeah. And I think the, the third step after that, that a lot of people, again, don't really think about is that you need emotions to, again, not, not, not just for you to understand what your goals should be, but in order to carry you through to achieve those goals. Mm. We've talked about this in previous podcasts about how understanding why you do something is very important. Because if you're trying to do anything significant, it's very hard. Yeah. Personal change is hard. Building companies, you know, it's hard. And for you to see it through, you must feel the sense of purpose. You must mm. understand why you're doing that. And if you understand why you're doing that, you will feel an emotional response, mm -hmm. right? You, you know, you said, you know, some people told this, just get up and get going, right? Even though you don't feel like it, get up and get going. But that only works in the short term. At some point, you need something stronger to carry you through. Mm -hmm. And that purpose, in a very real sense, as we've been talking about, is emotion. It's that grit, that drive that says, you know what, this is hard and I'm going to push through anyway because I have something deeper that's driving me. Mm -hmm. That's an emotion too, right? Yeah. A very... Again, we, I think a lot of people think that emotions are being happy or sad or crying, mm -hmm. right? But drives are emotions, just like, oh, yeah. you know, as I said, and the, the drive for self-preservation that you give an android is a real emotion, mm -hmm. right? And if you've ever been in a situation where your life is under threat, I guarantee you that is a strong emotion that mm -hmm. overrides everything else. Mm -hmm. And so I think the first thing that people need to remember, first you need to identify the emotion and figure mm -hmm. out why you're feeling it. Right. Then you need to realize that you can control it. Right. There are very concrete steps 
things that you can do to alter it. Mm -hmm. And you need to realize that you need emotions to achieve your goals. Yeah. Nothing else will ever give you the grit to carry through. Yeah. Oh, man. I love that. We're going to take that quote. Um, <laughs> what is it? Don't ignore your feelings. Figure yeah. out, find out why you have them yes. or why they're there. They're, they're yeah. trying to tell you something. Yes, yeah. exactly. They're trying to tell you something. Um, and then uh, uh, on that last thought there <laughs> about what to do with it is that the goals that people set generally for what they want, like so the things that they want in life, more money, yeah. maybe more sex, maybe more mating opportunities, uh, more esteem from others. All, all of these are driven. These are all emotion goals. Yeah, exactly. But they, they think, OK, so if I want more money, I have to hustle. I got to grind. I got to work harder. But like they don't stop and ask themselves why they can't experience the emotion yeah. now. So a lot of people I see on Instagram. Uh, you know, on a Friday night, they're like hashtagging that they're working or something. Whatever. I forget, I forget what the hashtag actually is, but you know, they're grinding on a Friday night. This sucks, but I'm going to do what no one else do does so I can get what no one else can get or whatever it is. But, um, and they, they don't actually enjoy the process. Yeah. So, you know, if they're not enjoying the process, they're not going to succeed. Yeah. They're not going to last. And, um, and so one of the lessons that we've, we've learned from um, many psychologists, yeah. including Tony Robbins, is that you can, you can celebrate right now. Yes. You don't have to put off that yeah. gratification. So most Android approaches to life don't, don't want you to celebrate. Yeah. Right? So you're supposed to do your homework and it's not supposed to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you got to do it anyway. And that's how people approach life. Like employers set some task and I got to do it anyway. Yeah. And they think that that's the masculine approach. But what the masculine process is actually take a step back and ask yourself, why aren't you happy at this job? Yeah. And to really think deeply about that, because maybe you should find a new career or a new calling. Yeah. And, um, but if you just put your head down and keep going at it, 20 years later, you're going to look up and really hate yourself. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I guess what we'll end with, like, instead of the Android approach to life, focus on your feelings and figure out why you're having them. And then, and then you had another one, one step was to identify the feeling. Well, identify the feeling, realize that in many cases, feelings are, you know, things like phys they're physically encoded. Physically. You can't change them. Right? Yeah. You aren't depressed. You do depressed. Mm -hmm. right? And I'm not, I'm not saying that it's, so, it's just as simple as changing a physiology. There right. are other things involved. But the point is, you can figure out what those things are. Yeah. It is not an identity. It is just a set of, you know, circumstances mm -hmm. that has created how you now feel. And third, I would say that you can't, you can't, you can't, you shouldn't reach for a life without emotion, right? Emotions are both what will help you drive you towards your goals. And as you were saying, they are the point, yeah. right? You don't want money intrinsically. <laughs> you want money because you think it'll make you feel good. Yeah. yeah. And the problem is that until you can first learn how to feel good, no amount of money will ever give it that to you. Yeah. Right. So if you, you have to first learn how to feel the emotion before you can go and chase other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the future is emotional intelligence mm -hmm. because, um, well, everything else will be taken over by AI. Maybe emotional intelligence. Maybe we'll have we'll be talking to Android uh, therapists later. Um, but <laughs> but it's emotion all the way up and down. You start with the emotion. That's yeah. what you want. That's one thing is an emotion, yeah. and then you end with an emotion, the celebration or yes. whatever you. And then in the middle, there's emotion. It's all emotion yeah. up and down. Um, so and if you can't, yeah. I think if you can't learn to be happy in this moment, you'll never learn to be happy in any moment. Yeah, yeah. So um, how to change your emotion in, in an instant. Yeah. One is your thoughts. So that was the first thing about identify why you feel that thing, why you feel the feeling. Yeah. And that will lead you down the path of um, questioning those thoughts or getting at the root of how to change, which thoughts to change. And then um, the second is your physiology, physiology right? Yeah. Your actual body, your physical body. You yeah. can, when I said celebrate now, you can actually celebrate 
as if you got that goal. It's yeah. both of those things. In your mind, you, you ask, you, you think, what if I had yeah. this goal now? What would, it, what would I feel like? Yeah. And then you actually do that thing with your body. Maybe you jump yeah. up and down and you just yeah. shout well, at the top and, of your lungs or yeah. whatever it is. And focus, right? So uh, focus in the sense of if you treat studying as something that has been imposed upon you, as something painful, mm, right. of course it will be. As opposed to you saying, well, I intrinsically want to learn something. Right. And this is how I get there, and therefore, this is great. Yes. I am I have the privilege of sitting and studying so that I may learn something. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, yeah. everything is about framing. Right? Yeah. Interpretation and perspective. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So it's a good note to end on. Yeah. I'm hungry. Gotta get to dinner. <laughs> um, thanks a lot, Henry, again for hosting us here. Yeah, thanks uh, for so having me. Actually, technically, you're the host here. <laughs> and uh, I'll see you yeah. in the next podcast. Remember, there are two things: uh, join the private Facebook group, click the link, join the group, and. The other is the show notes are available in davidtmphd.com backslash podcast. And you can find Henry where? You can find me uh, on my website, I suppose, at henrytrong.com. Uh, and I write a newsletter every Sunday. Uh, and you can sign up for that at fusang.co slash newsletter, which is F-U-S-A-N-G dot C-O slash newsletter. Yes. They can also find it on henrychong.com. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Brilliant. All right. See you in the next podcast. Talk to you soon. Hey, it's David again. Before you go, a couple last things. First, all the show notes and links to resources can be found at davidtnphd.com backslash dtphdpodcast. Or you can just go to davidtnphd.com and find it through the top navigation menu. Second, if you'd like to interact with me or other like-minded fans of the podcast, then join our private DTPHD podcast Facebook group. We've got an awesome community of intelligent, wise individuals from literally all around the world. You can send a join request to the group using the link you'll find in the show notes of every podcast at davidtmphd.com backslash dtphdpodcast. Click the link, log into your Facebook, and then click to join. We approve join requests every day. So go to davidtmphd.com and click the link to join. See you inside our group.